Hey everyone, Scott here, and you've turned into another episode of This is the President. Today we've got a very special episode for you. For the first time ever, we step into an unknown corner of the Ronald Reagan archives, the Ronald Reagan dictaphone recordings, and our first letter sure is a doozy. And, as I'm sure you'll know with This is the President, we managed to uncover a little bit of scandal. But, before we get to that, you know we love it when you like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, as well as everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts like Stitcher, Last.fm, and Google Play. Now, on with the tapes. So, even though I have no chance now to say, quote, break a leg, unquote, just know that Nancy and I hope you're having tremendous success. Yes, ma'am, I read you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am, this is... Yes, ma'am, this is, this is the president. Nobody's ever done a better job than I'm doing as president. I didn't know that. Damn it. Hold on, dude, dude, no, no, not not now, not now. Because he had allergies? Not now, not now. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, what you uh, heard a little, just a little tiny teaser up front, uh, is a letter from uh, today's episode. This is like hopefully first uh, in a series of letters. I kind of discovered a treasure trove of uh, Reagan dictation tapes at the Reagan archives. They were pr- kind enough to provide us. And if you're just joining us for the first time, this is this is the president. I am Scott Kalonico, your host. With me is Harmon Leon, your co-host from uh, coming at you straight out of Brooklyn. Harmon, how you doing? Yeah, so is the premise of the podcast now we, we dissect letters written by the president? Well, no, no, I mean, it's it's all... No, no, here's the thing. So here's the thing. It's This is Ronald Reagan reading a uh, dictation tape. So it's actually him ah. speaking the letter that you'll be hearing today. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. It's gotcha. Like, it's, it's almost like Reagan's talking to you. And the weird, but the weird thing is that um, the dictate—it's one of those old-timey dictations, like Mad Men thing, where you'd like you'd read into this like recorder, and then you'd give it to your. It's s- called a dictaphone. Dictaphone, yep. They read into the dictaphone, then you'd give it to your secretary in between highballs while she's sitting on your. Blanche, lap. get in here! <laughs> I have to uh, dictate a letter. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, they'd record it back. And- so you'll hear you hear you'll hear a couple of uh, he he gives a couple of gra- grammar notices. In the letter, so that's kind of mm. interesting. But we'll get to and who was Reagan's secretary at the time? Um, dude, that's a good question, and I don't have that in front of me. I'll get to that. Um, at the... Do you have a computer? I do, I do, but Google? we will we will do that. But I don't think it's quite as important as the other aspects of the letter. We'll, we'll get all to we'll get all to this before we get to that though. One of the uh, parts I know the kids like to listen to here on the show on This is the President is I'm in Berlin, which is in Europe, in the EU, but Harmon, you're in the oh. United States. What's the what's the mood over there? Wait, which is in North America. North America, yeah. And what's the mood over there? What's on the, the East Coast? What's the word on the streets? Um, well, basically, Trump went ape shit yesterday. Okay. Did you not uh, hear about Kinda this? Kind of not really, no. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, did you ever pick up anything called the news? No, I mean, like, I, dude, I check it every day. I didn't see anything about Trump. Go- did you hear about the Austrian president being ra- super racist? 
Uh, isn't that just a, a common? No, I mean, like well, a constant? It kind of made the whole government had to leave. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Oh, really? Yeah, so, Oh, you mean the place that, that harvested or, or begot us Hitler yeah, is having troubles with our super racist uh, president? Yeah, mm. and, uh, and... That's, like, interesting. And Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> just got kicked in the back this week. Did you, yeah, yeah uh, in South Africa. Yeah. So, so what were you saying? What was going on with Trump? Um, he walked out of a meeting with Pelosi and Schumer, stormed out. Uh, in their words, he threw a temper tantrum. Okay. And he said, I can't work with Democrats until they stop this investigation. Oh, my God. Okay. They said, I don't think he said, I can't. He said, I won't. I won't work. It's basically... He is pushing everything forward to make the Democrats impeach him. It's just like, uh, it's like, is this guy trying to get impeached at this point? <laughs> well, he's, um, so he, he'd had run-ins with those two before with uh, Pelosi and uh, Schumer. Or I think it's constant, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, but this time he just said he'd had enough and he left. Well, I think he's just crumbling because uh, basically uh, they said this week that they uh, they denied his request for not showing uh, his financial records. So that's being pushed forwards. To, uh, so hopefully we'll see some tax returns or other financial records right. and disclosing of business dealings. So that was in the courts this week. <laughs> A little tense for him, um, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, people are being subpoenaed, like Barr, his personal lawyer. Uh, that's the joke. Ha, ha, ha. Barr's his personal lawyer. <laughs> um, you know, and they're just not showing up right. uh, for subpoenas. And it's just all the makings of a dictatorship, but all the makings of this guy is abusing the power, constitutional, constitution in crisis. Like, all those makings are there. That's like the you know, makings of a dictator. Like he is above the law where, uh, as we founded our country, you're not above the law. Yeah. Even if you're the president, as, as we know on this is the president, you're not above the law. No one is above the law. Not even, um, the subject of our, uh, episode today, buddy. Epstein. Yeah. Not even JFK when him and Bobby were chasing the broads, <laughs> okay, chasing the broads. Don't make them <laughs> take the pills. Marilyn Monroe. Don't call the white house because it's on record. And we know that you call the white house, but yet, that's somehow unexplained. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's what that, that was before when they could do that. Yeah, that's that's what we could do. <laughs> but today we're going to hark back to a simpler time, Harmon. We're going to go back to 1981 as we're heading back mm-hmm. today. Um, where we have, as I mentioned up front, we have um, Ron Reagan, newly elected. Well, this is kind of after a few uh, months in office. He's writing letters to uh, some of his friends. And one of the letters he's writing today is to Buddy Ebsen. Now, Harmon, some of we got a lot of young listeners out there. Do you uh, can you tell us a little bit about Buddy Epson? Um, he was the original Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz until he got fired because, or not fired, he quit due to allergies to the silver makeup. <laughs> okay, that's right. But before that, he was actually a pretty big Broadway star. And what I'm going to play you right now is a little clip of uh, Buddy Ebsen from the Hollywood Star of 1936. Uh, it was from a little bit of a movie called, um, 
uh, Broadway Melody of Banjo on My Knee. Yeah, no, no, this is Broadway Melody of 1936. We're not going to play that clip. Ah. So if if you'll play the clip above and you can watch a little bit of uh, Buddy Epson in action and the listeners, I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> well, I really don't feel much like eating. Ah, uh, trouble never upsets my appetite. You gotta sing before breakfast. Never sing before breakfast. Uh, I don't believe in that stuff. Look. You spilt the salt. Don't you pick some up and throw it over your shoulder? Nah, pick it up and throw it over my egg. <laughs> but that's bad luck. Don't be a superstitious dope. To walk beneath a ladder can never make you sadder. All right, so Harmon, what would you saw there or listen to? You saw, listen to, we're going to describe it to the audience. Uh, that was uh, Buddy Ebsen with Eleanor Powell from the movie Broadway Melody of 1936. Can you talk about a little bit about what you saw there? Um, it was a young Jed Clampett, uh, yeah, okay. Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies, yeah. probably about 21 years old, uh, wearing a Mickey Mouse, uh, uh, kind of like a jumper, as they say in the UK. Yep, exactly. And he's he's crooning a song. Yeah. So here is the interesting. And what what's on his jumper? What I just said. Oh, Mickey Mouse. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that was, it, went by, sorry. it went by pretty quick. I snapped it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, sorry. Right. Uh, so apparently. Um, Walt Disney saw this film and he liked it so much, and Ooh, he and he liked the film. He liked the fact that uh, Buddy Epson was wearing the Mickey Mouse shirt. That he had Buddy Epson go out and do uh, dance routines for the animators at um, at Disney, and they used his him as a body double for the animated movie Silly Symphonies. Oh right, okay, cool. Because yeah. he's sort of a lanky dude. Yeah, he is very, very lanky dude. So it's so it's it's kind of uh, interesting to see him when he's young. Because most people will know him, um, as you mentioned up front, from the show The Beverly Hillbillies. And listen to my story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed, and then one day he was. And in that show, he played the titular head of the family, Jed Clampett, who uh, discovered uh, oil on his land in Arkansas and moved the family to uh, California to uh, the land of swimming pools and movie stars. Did you enjoy the uh, Beverly Hillbillies? You watched it? I'll just say it's one of the classic fish out of water tales. It is, and it's actually, you know what? I think they're still kind of funny today because it's like one of the, like you said, the original fish out of water tales. Uh, just a footnote, in 1999, uh, he did a voice on King of the Hill. Oh, did he? Okay, which, uh, cool. Featured our friend Johnny our friend Hardwick. Johnny Hardwick. Well, oh, and, and there's the, the TV show Barney, Barney, Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones, starring Buddy Ebsen. Special guest star, William Shatner. Tonight's episode, To Catch a Dead Man. Interesting thing, so people don't quite realize how big the, the Beverly Hillbillies was a huge show. Uh, started airing in 1962, I think it went on to 65 or 66, maybe 67. But when it was on, so at the time in the 1960s, the United States had a population of 160 million people. The show rating, the audience share on the Beverly Hillbillies was 60 million people. A lot of people liked That's it. That's like one third of the country were watching the Beverly Hillbillies. Well, yeah, but you just break that down. That was back when there was only three TV networks. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay, you know, right. you got to kind of factor that in. But it was a big, it, it was a big hit. It was a big hit even by the day. So, like, Buddy Epson kind of became 
a pretty big star. And the interesting thing is, like, him and Ronald Reagan had grown up, kind of like grown up in Hollywood together. So they, they both kind of knew each other. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Reagan was the president of SAG. Right, yeah, exactly. Screen actor scale. Right, yeah. Um, just a footnote yeah. for possibly our other podcasts we have called Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. Uh, subscribe and like us on iTunes. Is the 1993 movie, The Beverly yes. Hillbillies, uh-huh. was, uh, okay, first of all, directed by Penelope Spears. Right. What else did she direct? What, Decline of Western Civilization. That's right, one of the great punk yeah. rock documentaries uh-huh. of all time. And it starred, guess who, Scott? Buddy Epson. Hey, Vern. Uh, Jim Varney. Uh, Jim Varney. Ernest yeah. Goes to Camp. Yep. Oh, man. A fame. A, yep. a, a comedy genius. And then here's the funny thing, Harmon. And Are you in the movie, putting that in air quotes? No, in the movie. <laughs> well, I've seen the movie. Actually, that's one of the movies. I put it in. I, you put Jim Varney in a comedy I had, genius? I had to. Re- I, dude, I, dude. Like, that's, that's a whole other episode. Let's save it, save it for uh, Comedy History 101, which you, our other podcast, which you can find everywhere on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Last Ever, where everywhere you find your favorite but, podcast. By the way, uh, Buddy Epson made a cameo in that as Barnaby yeah, Jones. That was, his, that was his name. That's the, that's the yeah. That's yeah. the name. There, it's so meta. So he was, but he was Barnaby, uh, Barnaby Jones. <laughs> I was about to say Jim Varney. No, Buddy Epson was such a big star, you know, because of the Beverly Hillbillies, mm-hmm. that he actually went out and cut his own album so he had an album called buddy epson says howdy uh he had the hit out of it that was called everything's okay i went to the country just the other day to see my uncle bill sort of pass the time away well, in 1936, you know, he's starring in movies as a song and dance man. Yeah, so, so you know, yeah, so he was. It wasn't out. It wasn't like when they make like Henry Winkler as Fonzie record an album. No, no, you know, just because he's popular. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. So he, he's always been wanting to do it. And um, before we lead into the letter itself, as a matter of fact, if you go go ahead and play, uh, here's a little bit of, and this is from like a 1980s. A 1980 campaign kind of fundraiser, and this is a rec- the Republican Boys Choir featuring mm-hmm. um, Buddy Epson, of course, uh, Dean Martin, Michael Landon, I think Robert Stack, and there's a couple more in there. But let's just uh, play a little bit for the audience at home, and you can watch Harmon and t- tell us what you think. Ladies and gentlemen, in a salute to Governor Reagan, the Republican Boys Choir. Or you haven't got style If you've got it, you stand out a mile It's true So, you know, so Buddy Epson and uh, Ronald Reagan go back a ways. They were friends for a while. So after Ronald Reagan gets elected, um, he gets a bunch of letters, starts getting letters from his supporters and fans and friends. And he starts answering all these and using his brand new fancy 1980s dictaphone to answer some of these letters. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to have today, um, hopefully in a series of more letters coming up, but uh, what, right now we're going to have today from March the 3rd of 1981 is Ronald Reagan dictating a letter to his good friend, Buddy Epson, on March 3rd, 1981. If you could ah. fire the presidential wayback machine. No, the presidential time portal. The 
This one goes to Mr. Buddy Ibsen. Dear Buddy, I know I'm very late on this, but you've had your openings in San Francisco and Los Angeles, but unfortunately, mail now, having to go through some time in getting to me. I've just learned from Bernie Caymans, K-A-M-I-N-S, about, quote, turn to the right, unquote. So even though I have no chance now to say, quote, break a leg, just know that Nancy and I hope you're having tremendous success and are delighted to know that you are doing this. There hasn't been enough stardust along the trail recently, but I know that you So that was um, Ron Reagan dictating a letter to his good friend Buddy Epson. And what would your first your first take about that? Um, pretty unmemorable. <laughs> yes, it's okay. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like I said, they're not all they're not all going to be winners. And the other thing that's kind of weird yeah, is I, I think the dictaphone was kind of slow, so he sounds like this weird robot kind of. Um, I was gonna say in the last stages of dementia. Yeah, that too. I think so. That too. So, but here's the interesting thing. Okay, so but I did sorry. it. So don't write any angry tweets. No, no angry tweets. No, no. I didn't say that. No, no. Uh, so here's the interesting thing. So when he's using his his air quotes there, so he's talking about a play called Turn to the Right that Bo- mm-hmm. Buddy Epson was was in, starring in, and had produced. He produced it. Uh, it's a new. It was a new musical. It was opening on the West Coast. And the weird thing right. is, that was the first play that Buddy Ebsen had seen when he got to New York in like 1915, right? So he saw that when he was a kid. He was like, I, when, okay, I, gotcha. when I have money, I'm going to make this a musical. It needs to be a musical. It's about a, a kid who grows a, a, a peach orchard or something. But anyway, yep. the, uh, the play went on in, um, in uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. And it was about to, it was it got a horrible or not not good reviews not horrible but just they were like yeah it kind of sucks or it's just like something you, you go to the play and you watch did it. you find anything on I did it, I did on, so uh, that's music? so that's what we so I found that and then it turns out that uh, there's an article in the New York Times from uh, March the nineteenth which is about what through almost yeah. three weeks after this letter where it kind of leaked out that apparently. Um, Ronald Reagan called uh, the tel- the drama critic of the Los Angeles Times, and he he wanted he tried to put a, have the Times put in a good word for his friends Buddy Epson's uh, musical review turned to the right. 
Mm. Yeah. So 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 let me read you the quote here. Is that Mr. Epstein called Nancy Reagan and said, "Hey, can we have some help because our play is about to close? The play that I I, ah. I underwrote and everything." And um, so here, so so Ronald Reagan called the Los Angeles Times, and the guy, and the right. guy being a reporter, like kind of made a note. He was like, "Oh, the president's calling me," and he made note of the conversation. And the guy and um, the reporter, uh, Mr. Sullivan, this is what he had to say. He said, uh, "Ronald Reagan said." Uh, Quote, I know this is highly unusual, but I understand Buddy Ebsen has a musical playing out there called Turn to the Right that you wrote a nice review of in the paper. I was just wondering if there isn't some way you could let people know that I sure hope it's still playing next time I get home so I can see it. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) And then reportedly Mr. Sullivan said he told Reagan, uh, quote, I'm ashamed of you. Here you go around cutting the arts programs, and now you're going around plugging a show of your friend. <laughs> and the president, ah, the president said, touche. "Yeah, president said, I'm sorry you feel that way." So uh, yeah, it was kind. That was kind of right, interesting. I'll continue to give some money, ten million dollars for cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is on the contract. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, so uh, Sullivan like criticized him, and then the president talked about. It. He said, "Oh, there's all these sorts of boon." This is a quote from the paper: "Boondoggles engendered engendered by some of the programs in the National Endowment for the Arts, such as one-word poems and performances and laundromats." <laughs> What does he mean by performances? In I guess I don't know. Maybe isn't that like stand up in L.A.? Don't they have that? Uh, I I think they used to have it in San Francisco. Oh, okay. but, Did uh, How was it? Know, Did you do that's that? That's just a venue. Did you get money for it from the, the National Foundation for the Arts? No, I think it was just an open <laughs> mic. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was interesting. That was a little bit of a. Um, Something I wasn't expected to find. So, uh, play doesn't do too well by Buddy Ebsen, Jed Clampett, opening in L.A. and the president trying to put in a good word for him, and uh, just it didn't work out. No, the, the play closed. Play closed after uh, about a month. And both that Buddy Ebsen and Ronald Reagan died. Yeah, and then they did. So, not because of it though. No, not to die. So just don't old age. Apparently, we don't, <laughs> don't know if the title is not political. It's just, it's called Turn to the Right to Play, but we don't know if that has anything to do with any politics in the play yeah 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 so you know again he probably knew reagan and nancy reagan from i mean obviously from back when they were movie actors right yeah so um all right well that wraps up this week's letter i mean like i said we're gonna keep these short and sweet these letters are gonna like it's, it's one of our it's our historical duty harman to kind of go through these and as I said, sure. as I said up front, they're not all gonna be winners, but there's a little there might be a little bit of scandal we find in, in some of these everywhere. Exactly. All right. So what's your takeaway from that that letter? Oh, didn't I already give it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you underline it? Can you put it in quotes? Um, like, like read it like you're uh, reading they're it. They're not on all a, gonna be I'll phone. just I'll just restate okay. you. They're not all gonna be hits. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't call the it's like it was well it's, it's kind of like it's like the reverse of Citizen Kane. Remember Citizen Kane? What's that? Remember he didn't he didn't. You say Rosebud? No, he didn't. He didn't want the theater critic to write a good review of his wife. Oh right, or the premise of the producers. Yeah, yeah. They wanted their show to fly. Right, exactly. Maybe that's what was going yeah. on here. Maybe that's what we can take away from this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, I guess the interesting bit was the Reagan. Uh, who cut the arts? You know, wanting yeah, <laughs> you know, his cra- friend's crappy play to be plugged <laughs> exactly. as great, and, and call, calling a newspaper, calling the Los Angeles Times, and <laughs> thinking that you know nobody's gonna, yeah, make, gonna I, make notice of this or anything. 
Yeah, I mean, now you wouldn't put it past Trump to do something not very classy. But uh, back then, it was like sort of a sanctimonium, yeah. the office of president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right, well, th- ah. so that's, I think, you know, our hats off to Buddy Epson here at This is the President. Our hats off to Mr. Ronald Reagan, you know, a little bit, not for giving money to the Contras and taking cocaine money, but, you know, for you know, some Yeah, and uh, putting crack on the inner yeah, city streets. And, not take, and letting AIDS run rampant. So we will we'll ignore all yeah. that. And we'll and not, not mentioning AIDS for the first yeah, five years, right. was it? <laughs> so we'll ignore all that. Wrap up this week's letter and uh, have plenty more letters where that came from, Harmon. And with that, on that note, we'll go ahead and go to Plug Away. Plug Away. Uh, yes, Plug Away. So next Tuesday, May 28th, 8 p.m. at the New Rican Poets Cafe in New York City, Lower East Side. I'll be doing my show I've taken worldwide to sell out crowds. Harmon Leon infiltrates Trump America. It's all about my undercover exploits going out and infiltrating Trump supporters. It's multimedia and their songs. (laughs) Also, plug away, uh, I am now a staff writer for the New York Observer. You can see all my stories there by just Googling in my name. And reading on. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You, you don't have to repeat plug away. Plug away just kind of covers everything. Oh, no, I was giving you an edit point. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, thanks, Harmon. Uh, and as I've mentioned, I have a film called Everything You Want to Know About Sudden Birth But We're Afraid to Ask that I wrote, directed, and Mr. Harmon Leon produced. Uh, that is going to be at the Seattle Fil- International Film Festival in the next couple of weeks, as well as this SF Doc Fest and... Cool enough at the Norwegian Short Film Festival in June. Ufta! Yeah. Ufta! Ufta. Like that's U- what they say in Norway. Ufkafisk. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, lots of other uh, uh, projects going on, that you can, things you can talk about. And always, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Last FM, and everything, everywhere you find our favorite podcasts. Also, Harmon and I have another podcast called Comedy History 101, where we, what do we do, Harmon? School you in comedy which you can, with a reverb. Exactly, which you can also find at <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, Last FM, Stitcher, and at our website, comedyhistory101.com. All right, Harmon, anything else to add there? Um, no, that's about it. I am looking forward to see what you cook up next time. All right, well, that, thanks, Harmon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's encouraging. All right, everyone, thanks. For, no, that, that's called that's called a teaser. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's okay. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Milani! <laughs> Where's my diaper? Milani is right now changing a diaper probably 40 feet away from me. Hey, you. Yes, you. Do you like comedy? Of course you do. You're listening to a podcast where Harmon and I talk about presidential phone calls. So you like the funny stuff, huh? Then you should be turning into another podcast that Harmon and I do called Comedy History 101. In this podcast, we delve into the backstory of all things comedy-related. From the history of the Comedy Store condo in L.A., the Andrew Dice Clay controversy of the early 1990s, and, more recently, the history of the Trump and Giuliani and drag video. 
You can find the latest episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Last.fm, Google Play, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.